Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Healthcare, it is the number one issue for people in Canada. And there was just a news story today I uh, tweeted out at the Roy Green Show. I tweeted out the link to a global news story about cancer care and how cancer patients are not receiving the care that they absolutely desperately require. In the numbers, they, they require it. It's just the reality in our healthcare system now. So next week, Mr. Trudeau is going to be meeting with the premiers. Starts on Tuesday. And you can bet the federal government is going to deliver more funding to the provinces, which really isn't just the answer. Because there's only one taxpayer who's going to be responsible for whatever money's shift from Ottawa to provincial capitals. How will additional billions of dollars directed in the same manner to the same governments to be administered by the same bureaucracies improve a horribly broken delivery system these governments and bureaucracies are ultimately responsible for? How's it going to change things for the better? By the way, when we talk about privatizing healthcare delivery or private insurance, health insurance, many people become indignant, upset, afraid. Let me read you something from the Canadian Medical Association Journal, September 13th, 2005. Citing the recent Supreme Court of Canada ruling and concerns about lengthy wait times, the Canadian Medical Association has endorsed private health insurance and private sector health services for patients who don't get timely treatment through the public system. That's the Canadian Medical Association. It goes on to say, following a heated debate on August 17th at CMA General Council in Edmonton, 64% of delegates voted in favor of the motion, 35% opposed it. Dr. Albert Schumacher, CMA's outgoing president, said the move totally reinforced the June 9 Supreme Court judgment that struck down a ban on private health insurance in Quebec. So private health insurance became okay in Quebec in 2005. Not in the rest of the country, but in Quebec. And we're going to get into that in the next half hour. But let me just repeat what I said. This is from the Canadian Medical Association Journal, September 13, 2005, quoting, Citing the recent Supreme Court of Canada ruling and concerns about lengthy wait times, the Canadian Medical Association has endorsed private health insurance and private sector health services for patients who don't get timely treatment through the public system. Now, just because the word private is used, it doesn't mean that there'll be lack of access for people who can't afford to pay. There are formulas that can be put in place. 
We're joined by Dr. Brian Day, Cambry Surgery Center in Vancouver, Cambry Surgery Center in Vancouver, a private care surgical center. Dr. Day is embroiled in a legal battle with the province of British Columbia and by extension, provincial governments from coast to coast by making the case that each Canadian should have the option to purchase private health insurance. Now, the B.C. Supreme Court ruled against Dr. Day last summer. He's hoping that the Supreme Court of Canada will hear his case on appeal. Dr. Day, how are you? And what is the, uh, what is the word from the Supreme Court? Do you know yet whether they'll hear your appeal? No, we hope to hear within the next month or two. Um, it, but we, haven't, we have not heard. We have filed leave to appeal, and we just hope that um, you know, the same court gave um, Quebecers the right to private health insurance. I, I, I hope that they at least look, agree to hear the arguments as to why we should have the same rights if we live outside of Quebec that they, that court gave to Quebecers. I, I hope they'll listen to the argument. Yeah, and the court gave the right to Quebecers because the Shaouli case, Mr. Shaouli was a Quebecer, and so they limited it to the province of Quebec, and they limited it to certain procedures. But the Supreme Court, and correct me if I'm wrong about this, the correct the Supreme Court of Canada decided that Quebecers could purchase private health insurance and they could access private health care under those particular parameters. Well, actually, they didn't limit it. The Supreme Court didn't limit the number of procedures. It was the Quebec government, um, apparently pressured by public sector unions that limited the number of procedures, but there'd be nothing to stop an insurance company going into Quebec and offering insurance, health insurance for, for every, everything. And, and as you know, uh, as you know, Roy, this is a right that every citizen in every country on the planet has, that there is no country in the world where private health insurance is illegal except within Canada. So, Dr. Day, in, in, in layman's terminology, so we all understand... What is the case you are making, and how would it affect the healthcare patient who is not getting the service that he or she requires, including life-saving surgeries? Would, your, would, would what you're proposing change that dynamic? Oh, it, it absolutely would, and the evidence is clear from the rest of the world. So, you know, the, a group called the Commonwealth Fund, working with the Canadian Institute for Health Information, as the data, uh, they looked at um, 10 countries, 11 countries, including the U.S., but 10 of those countries had, um, were developed countries like Canada, wealthy countries that, um, that have universal health insurance. So we're not talking about the United States. So of 10 countries, developed countries with, with universal health care where everyone was covered, um, Canada um, spends the most money and has the worst access and the worst health outcomes. So we're bottom of the pack. And so, you know, I, I, I use the hockey analogy that if you were the 10th ranked team in the league of 10, um, wouldn't you be wanting to look at what the top two or three teams are doing? And, and we haven't done that. Mm -hmm. So if the Supreme Court hears your appeal and if they decide for you, then Canadians will be allowed, as Quebecers are now, to purchase health insurance, private health insurance, and to access private care and private treatment, yes? Yes, but um, as you know, you can already buy private health insurance for, for services that are covered in, in all of those other 10 yes. countries. 
like prescription drugs and ambulances yeah. and yeah. physiotherapy. Employers do that all the time. Are essential services, dentistry. These are essential services that um, bureaucrats have arbitrarily designated them to be unnecessary. Um, but that doesn't make sense. So, so the argument against you is consistently that, or your position or your, your approach is that the public sector would suffer because doctors, healthcare professionals would be poached by the private system from the public system for extra money and only the wealthy or people who could afford um, insurance would be able to get the gold-plated, if you will, health coverage. Yeah, and the reason that's not true is the evidence um, shows that not to be the case around the world. I mean, we don't have to go on theories. We know, for instance, in Canada, just, you know, Premier Ford got into trouble in Ontario with with people saying, oh, this is an awful thing, but, oh, we're going to lose nurses and doctors. Well, it's the exact opposite. There are, in just a single Detroit hospital region, there are a, a, a thousand Ontario graduated uh, RNs working in one, just one district. They are leaving the, the, the public system there because uh, it's a toxic, the hospitals are to- a toxic environment. And, you know, we have at, at our um, private clinic in Vancouver where we treat, you know, exempted groups, uh, including um, workers, work, injured workers, uh, non-residents, judges, I might add, and federal employees of all types, and we, we, we have about 78 visiting surgeons that only go to our clinic when they've used all their public time, which is rationed in the public system. 23 of those would not be in Canada if it were not for the additional operating time that we offer them. And, that, and that's why we set up our clinic in, in the 90s, because we were being rationed, we were suffering from rationed access to operating time, and yet we had... You know, I had 400 patients waiting um, on my list and only five hours a week of operating time mm-hmm. in the public hospital. I should have pointed out that you're a past president of the Canadian Medical Association as well. Canadians are dying, waiting for services. That's happening. And, and I've talked to the current and immediate past presidents of the Canadian Medical Association and in recent weeks, and they agree that is happening daily in this country. Um a representative of thousand a year die on public wait lists in Canada, right? How many? Eleven and a half thousand. Oh, and oh. and that doesn't count the probably much greater That's number disturbing. that don't even make it to the hospital wait list because you have to wait you have to get a referral from a family doctor and there's a shortage of family doctors and you then have to um get uh, see a specialist and then you have to go on the wait list. So there are people that don't get don't get to the wait list. And, and I should add, the doctor shortage is in family physicians. We don't have a shortage of specialists. We, in fact, have unemployed specialists because they can't get operating room time. Okay. And again, let's emphasize, the shortage of doctors was created by governments in the 90s. By governments in the 90s, cutting back medical schools by up to 30%. When Not I came today. to Canada in the 70s, we were second in the world in doctors per population. Now we're 69th in the world. And this was created by the very governments that are now using that as a lame excuse. Dr. Day, in the three minutes or so we have left, for the person who says, all right, so let's say the Dr. Day system is approved by 
the Supreme Court. And Canada, um, outside Quebec, Canadians have the same rights as Quebecers have um, have obtained, have received or received in 2005. What happens to the person who is economically challenged, not doing well, and needs health care? Does what you're proposing isolate that person from the health care system? Well, absolutely not, because what the government can do is if, if those patients are suffering, they can pay the premiums or subsidize the premiums. That's what they do in Australia. We, 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 the, you know, I think this has to be combined with a care guarantee whereby which, which ha, you know, they have a, a partial guarantee in Quebec and they have such guarantees in other countries. Switzerland, you're yes. Beyond the, time the, Sw- the Swiss do that, don't they? Pardon? The Swiss do that. Yes, but, but the, Swiss, the Swiss pay for low-income, um, uh, you know, the, the low-income groups to have private insurance. So does the Dutch. So, do the, so there's nothing to stop a government from, um, from funding the premiums. And, uh, you know, the other pressure that comes on them when you end their monopoly is that you've exposed the monopoly, you've exposed the performance level, and it shames the government into performing better. So the block funding system whereby is, it, that we have uniquely in Canada yeah. is unique to Canada for, for in terms of OECD countries where every patient is using up uh, an institution's money. But how does, bringing them funds how, does, how does private insurance uh, in, increase the availability or the presence of of doctors and nurses and paramedics, how does private insurance create the dynamic which is more friendly to the patient? Well, because um, it, you know, we have a monopoly in Canada, Canada from, uh, in terms of medically necessary services, and there is no monopoly that serves the person in uh, who wants, you know, serve who wants the service. There is no monopoly, but uh, and, and a government monopoly is a, a special example of that. It's why we have. You know, 11 times as many public health bureaucrats mm. on, on a per capita yeah. basis as Germany does. We need to spend the money on health care. We need to increase medical school uh, intake. We've got uh, yeah. 500 young Canadians going to foreign medical schools, and we won't even let them come back. And it's, um, you know, it, it's a bizarre system based on the fact that we, the government has taken the position in, in our legal action uh, that doctors use up. And doctors and nurses are undesirable because they increase the cost by treating patients. And, you know, that's the bizarre situation that you're in when you have a, a monopoly with, with fixed funding. So, right. so we, we, the, the other thing that you know, we should end on is um, private clinics have much lower complication rates than public, public hospitals up to 40 times less. Okay, Dr. Day, I have, to, I have to stop you this time, but I, I hope you'll come back. There's a lot more to talk about. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 